How do you know if you're a people pleaser? Well, you're probably exhausted from doing so much for other people. You're probably ready for it to be your turn, and yet you feel guilty and selfish if you wanna do something for yourself. If you can relate to that, stay tuned. I'm Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach, and I've got a full solution for you, and we talk about different aspects of that every episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser, from emotional intelligence skills to practical coaching tools. We use my own framework I created called the Solve It Method, and I have guests on from time to time to share their expertise with you as well. So you are in the right place at the right time being exactly who you are. And now join me for this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Before we get into this week's episode, I have to tell you about something I recently discovered. So I am not into energy drinks. I've never had one. Uh, But recently I discovered this little drink called Magic Mind. So it's technically a productivity drink. And I'll tell you, I put it to the test the first time I had one in the morning with my coffee. I had been up since 3.15. It was just one of those nights. I didn't sleep well. And I finally just gave up and got up, you know, around 4.30 or something. And so I'm like, well, today's the day to try Magic Mind and see how this really works. And it was fabulous. I had a super productive day. So Magic Mind is giving all of the Liberate Your People Pleasers listeners a discount right now. So all you have to do is go to magicmind.co, so not .com, magicmind.co forward slash liberate, or you can go to their website, magicmind.co and put in liberate 20 as a coupon code, and you're going to get 20% off your order. It's a little tiny bottle. It's, you know, whatever, a couple swallows. It's green, but it tastes a little more like grapefruit to me. Anyway, I've loved the results. So check it out and let me know what you think. Welcome everyone to this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I am here with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And I am so happy to have you, Genesis, as a guest. I'm going to be excited in the future to be on your podcast as well. Um, But tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do and kind of why why you do it, where, where your passion lies. Awesome. Hey, everyone. As Brenda mentioned, my name is Genesis Lamars Kemp. I am the founder and host of GEMS Podcast. Um, where I focus on three main core pillars, which are to educate, inspire, and motivate while bridging the gap between diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Outside of that, I'm also the author of Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace, where this book was birthed out of a day of frustration, but it was really put out to educate people on how to really take ownership of your career, climb that corporate ladder, and just really learn the ins and out because networking can be very vital if you use it in the right way. So many of you have heard your network is in, is tied to your net worth, and mm-hmm. that is the cover of the book there. So Love lots it. of diversity on the cover. There's a world in the background letting people know that issues don't just happen here in America, but they happen worldwide. And it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place. And then I do a little bit of visionary um, coaching here and there. Oh, interesting. Well, I love, I think I'll start with the diversity part. I mean, diversity and inclusion is so important to me and something that I bumped up against in the only way I can, right? I'm a straight cisgender 
white woman. Uh, but I still, and I was in, before I became a coach, I was in the real estate industry. And the real estate industry, when you look at the Salesforce real estate agents, that's a pretty diverse group of people. And like back in the olden days, when I got in it, you know, 30 plus years ago, lots of women, lots of really successful women. So for a long time, I kind of had this idea that, oh, I'm so lucky because unlike corporate America, I'm in this, you know, really diverse field and, you know, women are really um, elevated, you know, they're often the, the top people. And then I got into leadership roles. And once you get out of salespeople and into who are even office managers, but at one point I owned my own real estate office, definitely at the ownership level, but even office management and just because of the structure of real estate, there's not a lot of positions between an office manager and an owner. So some really big companies, like I was a regional president for a really big company, but in the grand scheme of things, that's a small amount of the, of the pool of people. And once you get above that, then it's all very white man looking, you know, and it, it was just so discouraging to me to see how that was happening there in the sort of, uh, in the nicest way, maybe unintentional, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. So how do you help people. We have, I have a pretty diverse audience, which I love. I love speaking about diversity and inclusion and gay rights and all kinds of things on this podcast, because those things are so important to me. And so I wonder what your experience, maybe you want to tell us a little bit more about your experience and how you help people who are not experiencing <laughs> the levels of you know, inclusivity and diversity that we would all like to be seeing um, in companies? Yeah, most importantly. So with me, um, the passion for it came with the fact that I'm first generation American. So my dad was South American from Curaçao, so off the tip of Venezuela, and my mom is West Indian, so Caribbean descent. And mm -hmm. then just looking at my family demographics, the people who are married into my family at they are very diverse. So part of that is who I am. So if I could take who I am personally and blend it with where I am professionally, then mm -hmm. there's where the linkage begins. And then in your, in your um, opinion, Brenda, you are, you mentioned you're cisgender, you like to support gay rights and et cetera. And you know, now in the media, there is that new law that talks about not saying the word gay. Yes. Or, I yeah. Um, for various reasons. So I guess for someone to, instead of saying quote unquote gay, maybe you could say homosexuality, but the part of inclusivity that comes into play is understanding how that individual would like to be addressed versus making assumptions on tying their identity to a generalized population. And I yeah. think once you have those questions, then it, you no longer have that assumption, but you are making a hypothesis to formulize your opinion. Then you could say, okay, is what I'm thinking really true? 
And if it's not true, is it me? Do I need to have that shift in paradigm in order to be in a setting that is conducive to have a open and candid conversation mm-hmm. without worrying about offending the next person? Because we're all human beings that we're going to be offended one way or another. But it's mm-hmm. so important that we educate one another on various topics. Diversity can be seen as there's diverse thoughts. There's diversity in the foods we eat. There's diversity Mm -hmm. in culture. There's Mm -hmm. diversity in different industries that we work with. But out of all, out of all of that diversity, where does the commonalities lie? How are we more alike versus different? Yeah. Then you look at the equity piece, equitable, Mm -hmm. as well as equality. It's making sure that you level the playing field for everyone that is there. And then Mm -hmm. the inclusion piece. How are we ensuring that those individuals are included? Like they have a sense of being seen, but they also Mm -hmm. have a sense of being heard where their voice is not silenced, where they don't feel like they're just a number to the organization, or they may Mm -hmm. just be that token person that can identify as being that representation for Mm -hmm. that organization. Because let's face it, there are organizations that are out here still checking the box so they could show their shareholders, okay, we're diverse, we're inclusive, we're equitable. But you and I are both women. We're we're different. You're, you're non-melanated. I'm melanated. You're Mm -hmm. cisgender. I'm non-cisgender, but we're having this conversation where we're bringing together a diverse thought, but then we're sharing each other's perspectives and we're doing it in a respectful and amicable way where we can understand each other. And I think once you have that understanding piece around it, then you begin to really walk out the knowledge base. So I hope that answers your question. That's a perfect, super great answer. And I love, makes me think of two things. One is that, yes, I think that the trap, uh, uh, I don't know, I was going to say trap. I don't know if that's the right word, but we'll go with that for right now. But the, 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 the unintended, even so, even for someone who wants to be inclusive, who wants to be, um, you know, sensitive or whatever words we want to put around that. So someone like me, uh, even I can get caught in the ignorance of my privilege, right? And not think to ask that question about how you want to identify. Like I remember the uh, uh, several years ago, I had um, I have some friends who are a, a gay couple that are married and they're both, you know, they're, I'll say this the only way I know how to be clear. Their gender is female, okay? Um, but the one and the one very much rep, you know, presents herself as a woman, you know, dresses like a woman, looks like a woman, what hairstyle, whatever, all the things and her partner appears very masculine. Okay. And so I just remember, and her name is Jen, you know, she has a feminine name. I just remember the first time I realized I always refer to her as a her, and I don't really know that that's what how she wants me to refer, right? Like it was kind of before this was years ago. So we weren't, I wasn't on my Zoom profile, right? Like now we're being more intentionally sensitive about it, but it was just that moment. And she did, she goes by her, she, she didn't, but it was that moment that I realized I'm just assuming this about a person and I've never asked, and she's my friend. Like there's no reason not to ask, right? And so I think sometimes keeping ourselves, being, 
in conversations around inclusion gives us that just hearing the way you say something or whatever will give us those insights to where we're making assumptions that we may not even really intentionally be meaning to make. Does that, does that make sense? I'm not making excuses no, no, no. for it, but it's a way to create that awareness mm-hmm. around it. And then the other thing uh, that you were saying there that really caught my attention as most of our audience is people pleasers. I think that's where you really have this reality of there's more that connects us than separates us because so many people pleasers, even if they've been raised in privilege, have done that same thing where they've been silenced or they're not, they're not seen and heard. They're not, you know, and it's not about a classic diversity issue or inclusion issue. It's these traits of people pleasing that keep us in that habit of seeing thing always seeing things from another person's perspective to such a degree that we drop our own. Absolutely. It's like you are playing into someone else's vantage point. And then the minute you play into their vantage point, your own becomes stale and stagnant because you're not mm-hmm. looking at it from a holistic um, perspective because you have the blinders on. And I think I misspoke earlier whenever um, we were talking about you identifying as cisgender. And I went back and I pulled up the definition, the definition of it, because I feel like if you don't understand the definition of it, you mm-hmm. may not know. So I wanted to read that really quick because okay. I think it's so important to lay yeah. the foundation. So it said cisgender describes a person whose gender identity and sex assigned at birth are the same. The word cisgender is the antonym of transgender. The prefix cis is not an acronym or abbreviation of another word. It is derived from Latin meaning on this side of. And I feel like there are two forms because one say there's cisgender and what's the the other form that some people identify as? Um, yeah, there, there's so many now there and, you are, have to be- and I'm always looking them up too, because I'm like, wait a minute, am I, am I saying that right? You know, and what, it, you know, yes. Yeah, so I, I look them up often as well, um, because the non-binary, you know, there's just all these different, you know, and, and what I'll say, what irritates me okay. is the person the person uh, who was just like, oh, you know, all these new labels and all these new terms and, uh, you know, can't we just, you know, and usually it comes out as a, in an, as if all inclusive and loving way, you know, can't we all just be people or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of the all lives matter, not just black lives, you know, kind of mm-hmm. bullshit. And I, I don't think, you know, I've never heard anybody say that that I felt like was, you know, sincerely sort of baffled by it. They use it as an excuse that sounds like it's coming under inclusion Mm -hmm. to not be bothered. I just don't really want to be bothered with having to look that up and figure out. Yeah. When you say you're non-binary, what do you really mean by that? You know, or if I don't know what that term means, you know, 
Um, I know I referred to somebody as indigenous one day and the person I was talking to, not who was not an indigenous person, but they were like indigenous, what is that? You know, so I think there's a vulnerability that is necessary and a curiosity. That's the other way I kind of like, I don't know that you yeah. used that word a few minutes ago, but when you were talking about all that, I thought, you know, it's really coming to relationships and conversations and situations in the workplace or at home or whatever with curiosity instead of a fixed idea of what this is. So, you know, then we can drop the judgment. I think curiosity helps us lose that judgment and allows ourselves to also not be embarrassed by not knowing. Absolutely. And I feel like that curiosity is also building that no like and trust factor. Because like, like I said, in the beginning, I misspoke because whenever I heard you say cisgender, I thought about something else. And then I was like, wait, let me look up the the uh, dictionary's definition because if I thought about it as something else then maybe some of the listeners and viewers did the same so let's lay the foundation and recite the uh the definition of what is a cisgender it's so you were born female and you identify as female and I was like okay that's a commonality but uh between you and I I was born female and I identify as female but then to your point some people who just say well why can't we just all get along and be people I feel like it's a cop-out because you're saying Mm -hmm. that from a standpoint of you being exclusive versus inclusive because by you not realizing okay what is non-binary why does the person identify with that What's part of the LGBTQIA plus I, community? Yes. Then I had to I had to layer it all out because That's people right. get very offended because it's like they take time to address you accordingly. And if you're not taking time to address that individual accordingly, then you aren't being inclusive. In actuality, you are really being exclusive because they are a human being just like we are, and they have certain pronouns and certain ways that they would like to be addressed. So I think. Uh, it's up to us to do our due diligence in order to move the needle forward. And that comes in a professional setting as well as a personal setting. And Mm -hmm. that's why you see so many companies have the ERGs, which are employee resource groups. So we can educate one another and we can have these conversations in a candid manner without someone feeling like their butt hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody has not seen it and you have Apple TV or heck for $4.99, just get it one month and watch this. And Ted Lasso and, you know, the morning show and a couple other really great things on Apple TV. But Oprah did this conversation. (laughs) I love, I love Ted Lasso. I'm not even a sports person. Ted Lasso in the morning show. Love those. Anyway, um, Oprah did a conversation. This has been, I don't know, a year or something ago, because she has some Apple only, Apple TV only, you know, stuff she does. And um, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget his name. He's an NFL player and he went kind of viral on YouTube with his like a black man having conversations with white people or something like that. Anyway, she did some uh, interviews with him and then they brought this group of, do you know I think I, I know. Is it the Acho guy? Something yes. Acho? Yes, yes. Someone told me about him. I forget, I forget his name because it's hard for me. And so I, then my brain can't remember both, you know, a name I don't know. And then it's hard and my brain scrambles on it, but they did one where they brought in these people, you know, just various people from corporate, you know, America 
talking about just being super open about ways they were being, you know, privileged and didn't realize it. You know, they weren't, these were all, you could just tell all these people have really good hearts and souls, but just things like, oh, well, a real estate example, master bedrooms, mm. right? Like, let's stop calling it master. I don't, you know, like, can we just, and, and to me, that whole, can't we all just be people and all lives matter? What that does to me is it dismisses generations of oppression at best, you know, and is sort of that, okay, so let's just get over it and say, everybody matters. Well, of course, everybody matters, you know, but to, for women to have their moment for, you know, black people, for queer people, for, you know, ever, all, all the people who have been underserved, undervalued, underprivileged, oppressed, abused, systematically, you know, shunned in all kinds of different ways and all kinds of varying levels they, we just deserve our time, you know, to be able to claim it and name it, right? When, when you're, and of course, I can't relate to this, the way um, an African-American who's, or anybody, I mean, not that this only happened in the U.S., but anybody who had slavery in their history where, you know, probably their whole family's history was wiped out from them, you know? And so I can go do my you know, gene, you know, thing. Um, and I'll find generations and generations and generations of people, but not everybody gets to do that because some people have had theirs wiped out. And so I think having, I think it's an honoring to me, it's an honoring of any group that has been oppressed and, you know, whatnot. Um, to name them, to let them have that name, whatever they want it to be, you know, if it's queer or if it's, you know, black or if it's African-American or whatever it is, they deserve that because for too long, we took it away from them. Absolutely. And the guy's name um, is Emmanuel Acho, like A-C-H-O. Yeah. yeah. And it's also on YouTube. So yes. I, I have to go That's back. True. You don't it. have to go to, you don't have to go pay your $4.99 for Apple TV. You can just go to YouTube for it. Really great stuff. Um, so let's get back to the people pleaser part and connect some of that. How do you, and I don't know that you really address overtly, you know, people pleasing. Is it something you've experienced? Yeah, most definitely, because, for example, my background was oil and gas, where I worked in that industry for 12 years, but 15 years in corporate America. And I think whenever you are young and you are trying to assimilate and fit into a corporate mm -hmm. setting, then you begin to, you know, diminish who you are in mm -hmm. hopes of being validated by other people who write your check, people who contribute to your performance review and et cetera. And I think that is the people pleasing aspect. Yeah. And part of people pleasing aspect is some of those individuals struggle with IS, which is imposter syndrome, because yeah. you are so busy trying to, you know, fit this mold and do everything 
to please other people when in actuality those people weren't never weren't ever there to validate who you are or solidify who you are so one way to get outside of that people pleasing is to realize who you are what you bring to the table and how you want to show up so that perception can either be validated or that perception can be corrected because if you don't know who you are, you're going to fall victim to what the world wants you to be and what society wants you to be. And then you're just living life versus existing it fully and living it optimally on your own terms. Yes, yes, that's so true. And it is that assimilating, it is, you know, that and and the lack when you want that validation from another person. And I understand you know, I had jobs where I got, you know, I haven't been an entrepreneur always, even when I was in real estate, most of my jobs, because I was in leadership, I was an employee. I wasn't an independent contractor, like an agent is. And so I know what it's like to have a boss who's giving you a review, you know, and of course you care what they think and what they're going to say and all those things. So I'm not suggesting or pretending that that dynamic isn't real, but there's such a loss internally and personally of authentic power when we turn over that need of validation to that other person and it could be your spouse you know it's not necessarily your boss it could be your spouse we lot lots lots and lots of people pleasers um will turn that over to their spouse you know or their kids or whatever unless they say i'm good i'm not good you know kind of a thing and I think that's what ends up being so ultimately damaging about it is that I can care very much what my supervisor or boss thinks about me without losing my sense of who I am and my own sense of personal power and how I approach that kind of a hierarchy of, you know, true hierarchy relationship becomes very different, right? How I show up when I am holding on to my own sense of power versus giving it to that person above me. Absolutely. And another way to kind of shift from being a people pleaser to being a self pleaser is really understanding your morals and your characteristics. What makes you shine? What makes you tick? What makes you glow up and what makes you uniquely you so you could really be authentic in your voice and how you're showing up on a daily and consistent basis. Yes, yes, I love that. So I love that one of your pillars um, is motivation. So as we sort of wrap up this episode, I would love to hear some of the things, you know, you do or however you would frame that, you know, your gifts of motivating others, because I think that that's a really tricky thing, right? To be able to motivate other people. So tell me, first of all, what that means to you. And then tell me kind of how you do it. So motivating others to me means giving other people the hope and encouragement to tap into who they are, getting Mm -hmm. them to see where they are, but how are they adding value in the world? And I, I like to say, If you are making an imprint, that imprint is driving an impact in order for you to be the world changer 
you destined to be. And we are all here to do something incredible. But until you do the inward work, you're not going to materialize that externally. The other part is um, having an attitude of gratitude and thankfulness. And I learned that via coaching. And it's like, have your brag journal, write down all of the things that you're grateful for. And spend time being silent and still and ushering on what makes you so grateful and thankful because there's someone else, whether they're down the block, across the the pond or overseas that may never have the same abilities and opportunities that you have. But the minute that you take those things for for granted, you're no longer living in a present of gratefulness and gratitude. And then mirror work, sorry, mirror work. waking up and starting your day on a positive note where you have high energy and high vibration by, you know, reciting what are your strengths, saying I am beautiful, I am loved, I am talented, I am gifted, dot, 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 doing it in the mirror, then you start to have that positive self-talk and that positive self-talk begins to scrub away those the negative image that you may have or those or that old programming that has been repeated over and over. Yes, I think that using the mirror, I love that you you mentioned that one, because I think using the mirror is so important because I uh, often will say, I think affirmations are pretty useless because often we don't believe them. And so our brain doesn't, you know, our body cannot take that in. It just stops in our brain and says, big fat liar, you know, like whatever. And it doesn't really work, which is why people can recite those affirmations, whatever. And then it's like, well, nothing's changing. Well, that's why, because it takes more than that kind of a just rote, you know, uh, repeat. And one of the things you can do to really make them so much more effective is get in front of the mirror, look at yourself and say, I am, you know, I am that I also like to end mine with now. So, you know, I am beautiful now. I don't have to lose 20 more pounds or, you know, wait until my hair grows out or, you know, whatever. I would the clothes in my closet, even if I want some new ones, whatever. If we can be grateful and speak those words that we really want to hear from other people. That's another thing I do a lot of times with clients is I'll have, you know, if they're pissed at their husband or pissed at their boss or whoever, you know, their mom always criticizes and whatever, then I'll say like, then write it down. What do you wish your mom would say? What do you wish your lover would say? What do you wish your boss would say? And then say those to yourself. But that ability, that looking in the mirror and saying it to yourself is so powerful. And so I love that you mentioned it. It's one of my favorite tools. So I am so grateful for you being here and sharing all this genius with us. Um, do you have any sort of, I don't know, anything you want to wrap wrap us up with? Something we didn't say that you want to say or that you have that we don't know about? Um, we'll have the um, a link to your book in the show notes. Okay. Um, if that's, a, it, you know, if that works, we'll do that. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to leave them with a quote from the book, and then I will plug my website so they could get the first chapter of my book for free, as well as two health and wellness products. So um, since we talked about a lot of encouragement, I'm going to leave these two quotes. So the first one says, let's continue to encourage one another to be the best version of ourselves that Mm -hmm. we possibly can. Take a break from all the hustle and bustle. Get in tune with your inner self, 
meditate, and release stress by working out, listening to music, or unplugging from the everyday madness in this world. Mm -hmm. So that was the first one. And the second one is, if you have a dream and vision to achieve something, then you have the power to do it. Keep the determination and continue to run your race. You may fall or even fail, but that doesn't mean you can't achieve greatness. Get back up and press forward. And those were taken from my book, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace. Love it. I love those. No better way to wrap up. So everybody go to the show notes. Um, get Genesis's links and get that first chapter of that book and other goodness she has. And uh, thank you so much for being with me today and sharing your genius with everyone here at Liberate Your People Pleaser. My pleasure, Brenda. And thank you once again for having me on your platform. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Check out today's show notes to get any specific links for today and also to get links for your free resources, a link to find out more about my self-coaching framework, the Solve It Method, and a questionnaire for those of you thinking about working with me one-on-one called Curious About Coaching. So thank you so much for being with me in this episode. As always, it means the world to me when you put a five-star review on whichever outlet you're listening to this podcast on. And I will see you in the next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser.